Welcome back to the Teening Podcast. This episode is sort of a part two to the first episode, which was identity. This one is all about going back to school as it is around that time when everyone around the country is going back to school. You know, you're setting your alarms, you're packing your bags, you're cracking open those books. If you are not wearing uniforms, then you are picking out your first day of school outfit. Uh, Back to school to me means new school supplies, new teachers, new lessons to learn, lots of newness. Um, You're also one step closer to graduation, which for many can bring new amounts of stress as you reckon with what is really the end of an era or new beginnings, whichever way you want to look at it. You might be feeling anxious, excited, sad, dreadful, hopeful, a mixture of all of the above. So we're here to share some stories of that nature in the hopes that you can relate. So stay tuned to hear stories about shopping for school supplies, getting a fresh new haircut, and an opinion piece on the effects of school schedules on the youth of today. Furthermore, at the end, we will also have some writing and art prompts for all of our Teen Ink creators out there, so stick with us. Alright, this first article is about something that I took very seriously as a child and a teenager, something that I loved I love doing it every single year. It is called Back to School Shopping. It is written by Sidra Bayezed, and it goes a little something like this. It was a carnival crammed with college-ruled paper, a magical midway of multicolored markers, and a freaky funhouse of full-size folders. It was the school supply store. I still feel a swing of excitement when I reminisce about my family's annual back-to-school shopping trip. As a nine-year-old, school supplies were serious business. Every purchase was crucial to my future success, and I felt the pressure to make all of the right choices, like a pint-sized Play-Doh. Mechanical pencils or Ticonderoga? Would I opt for glitter gel pens like the cool kids or forgo my budding career as a temporary tattoo artist in favor of Bic? I thought to myself that having the flashiest, state-of-the-art school supplies would determine my performance in Miss Underwood's third-grade class. Little did I know how quickly my mindset would change. On the first day of third grade, I was ready. With my new Jansport backpack and neon pink pencil case, I confidently made my way to my assigned seat. After the routine welcome, our teacher distributed our first daunting task of the school year, a coloring sheet. This outline of a butterfly was no match for my dynamic assortment of colored pencils. From scarlet red to seafoam green, I had every color imaginable. Sitting at the table next to me was another girl who also began to start coloring. She pulled out a tacky gray sack and dumped out dismembered remnants of various crayons. They were scattered across her desk in halves and fourths. The labels were peeling off, and her color selection was meager. To my immature, prepubescent mind, I thought that her art would not possibly be as high-octane as my soon-to-be Crayola Monet. After cautiously lining up my pencils on my desk, I grabbed indigo blue and set to work. Something strange happened. My masterpiece looked more like my three-year-old sister's chaotic scribbles. What went wrong? 
my cutting-edge school supplies should have produced a monumental work of art. But my hubris was affronted when I glanced at the girl and noticed her sublime coloring skills. She was able to utilize the crayons to create lines as bold as my all-assuming ego, while simultaneously shading spaces with pressure as light as a feather. Upon completion of her endeavor, Miss Underwood echoed my reaction. She was amazed by the girl's production and subsequently flattered her with praise. My butterfly was no match for the girl's prodigal pre-met opus, and I spent the rest of that day reflecting on my shameful arrogance. Broken crayons still color, I realized. That day, and during all future back-to-school shopping trips, I carried the same lesson. Materials don't equate to talent or self-worth, but are just illusions of such. Instead of dwelling in despair on her lack of fancy knickknacks, that girl sitting right beside me was able to produce beautiful art with the resources she did have. It didn't take glitter pens or a large array of colors to be successful. It took dedication and hard work. The same could be said about fancy cars or clothing. When we focus on the materialistic side of things, we lose sight of what really matters, ourselves. Our self-worth is determined by what we say and do, not what we buy. I walked into my childhood school supply store one last time for my senior year. Instead of drawing up an intricate list of the latest school paraphernalia, I stuck with the tangible basics and relied on my limitless self-worth. Alright, so this next story is not inherently a back-to-school story, but it does deal with something that I think a lot of people go through, especially when they're trying to feel more confident um, and grow as a person, which is getting a haircut. And I used to always get a haircut right before school started, so maybe that's why I, I put the two together. Um, but it's called Beauty, and it's written by Cameron McComas. Hot summer day, early in the morning as soon as the salon opens, July 11th, 2021. My mind is made up. A cup that has been preventing the urge to cut off all my hair finally overflows. Hair being blown constantly in my face, drip. Seeing an amazing photo of someone with short hair, drip. My hair is a mane of tangles in the morning, drip. People telling me not to, drip. The hot summer heat makes my hair roasting, drip. My hair is always getting caught in the sweatshirts, drip. My hair is always shedding everywhere, drip. The cup once empty, now overflowing. The bell chimes as I open the door, the smell of the salon products and chemicals encase my senses. The sound of clipping hair, hair dryers, and the murmur of people talking stand out distinctly. There is still time to turn back, but I keep my feet rooted to the spot. The hairstylist calls my name as I stand up. Thoughts racing, my mind a jumble of words and anxiety. I sit down and the hair cape covers me as if I'm prepping for surgery. She takes out the hair clippers, the tool, the extension of herself, her paintbrush. There is still time to turn back but something tells me no. I hear the buzzer near my head. A thousand thoughts race through my head. What if I don't like it? There is no turning back. What if it looks weird on my face? What if everyone else doesn't like it? What if I can't figure out how to style it? What if I look like everyone else? What if people don't recognize me? Why am I doing this now? 
I firmly tell myself to stay put as I lock eyes with myself in the mirror. The smell of the salon products fills my nose. I feel the leather chair, the hair cape, the stylus hands on my head. I see the reflective glass surface and anxious glint in my eyes. I feel my knuckles turning white as I hold tightly to the chair. My hair is like a canvas for an artist, the stylus blank slate. The buzz of a hair clipper fills my senses. This is the artist's paintbrush, the tool of a craftsman. Closer, closer, and closer it comes. The machinery sounds flood me with a wave of apprehension. The clippers make contact with the side of my head. The weight falling off my head relieves the weight of my shoulders. Watching the dead pieces of me fall on the floor. Once so attached, now they have lost their purpose. The locks I once treasured, released. With each swipe of the clippers, more and more of my old identity shedding, I now understood the feeling of dead weight. A weight weighing you down so much that you cannot notice until after. With each swipe of the clippers, the more weight falls off and the lighter I become. The locks of hair fall to the floor, pieces that give me a sense of identity are now useless, then cast aside. They pile up on the floor as I look down in shock. Shock and the feeling of pride quickly replaced with anxiety. Hesitantly, I look up to the mirror. A piece of art stares back. Things I had never seen before stares back. My eyes, bright and clear, show a gleam of triumph. My head looks a different shape. I barely recognize the person I spend every moment with. My nose, my jawline, my cheeks haven't seen the light of day in weeks. They now shine brilliantly. A new self-awakening has started. Hair once used as a curtain to hide now have finally opened, never to be closed again. A new play has started, the one of self-discovery. Okay, it's done, the stylist exclaims. She beams at me in the mirror. Do you like it? She asks clearly, very proud. It's perfect, I manage to say. It's everything I could have asked for. I stare at myself, completely enthralled by my new appearance. The weight off my head, the weight off my shoulders, leaves me feeling light. I watch as the rest of my broken identity is cast aside. I stare at the ground as my hair is removed, just like a snake has to shed its skin, a bird has to break free from an egg. I must break free from my cage. The cage of beauty standards encasing me and strangling, like poison vines squeezing the life out of young children. The vines that once had a strong hold now lose their grip and slink away into the shadows. The feeling of freedom, the feeling of pride, the feeling of beauty, the feeling of astonishment blend together in a feeling of yellow. I have never been interested before in cosmetology, but now the thought slowly nags at the back of my mind. Through a turn of events and a whole lot of luck, I found myself at a salon I never dreamed of working at. Worn faces leave sparkling, tired eyes looking refreshed. I assist the process from start to finish, all to see the look of people's eyes in the mirrors as I walk past all experiencing what I call yellow. Their eyes are falling in love with themselves all over again, and I'm there to witness it. Beauty has no shape. Beauty has not one form. Beauty is what the world yearns for, yet it's right there all along. Cameron writes in the author's comments that this is one of my experiences of realizing what it means to be authentically myself and my journey of self-discovery. I hope this helps out anyone who might be too nervous to do something drastic like this because it's good to explore different things and ideas and see what makes you happiest. So like I said earlier, that story isn't overtly about 
going back to school, but I do think it encapsulates really well that feeling of fear before um, any big moment in anyone's life, that feeling of, that panicky feeling of like, what am I doing? Why am I doing this? What are other people going to think about me? Are people going to like it? Are people going to hate it? What is that going to say about who I am as a person? And I think the takeaway from this article is so lovely that as long as it makes you happy and it makes you feel confident, you will feel like a million bucks. And like the only person who really matters in this kind of situation is you. This is the kind of energy you all should be bringing into the first day of school. I guarantee you everyone's feeling the same way and everyone is just a little bit too preoccupied with themselves to worry about what other people look like. But as long as you're confident, you make bold choices that are authentically and unequivocally yourself, you're going to rock this school year. And even in a few months, even if it's December or even next year, and you realize who I'm dressing up as, who I'm portraying myself as isn't really me, um, I think that's great. I think that's great. It's, it's you taking one, two, three, ten, a hundred steps towards who you really are, and in the end, that'll just make you really happy. All right, and then in this last article that I have to read for you guys, it tackles, I wouldn't say it's controversial, but it's it's an interesting opinion piece, and I'm very curious to hear what your opinion on this opinion piece or the topic in general is. So if me reading this sparks a little idea in your brain and you want to write it all down and submit it to the Teen Inc. opinion section... I would love to read it, and I'm sure it'll kickstart a very lively debate because, honestly, this has been a hot topic since I was in high school, so I'm very curious to see everybody else's opinions on it. So, without further ado, this article is called The Four-Day School Week by Jason Skoog. Which day would you rather have off, Monday or Friday? This extra day off every week is the reality of students in more than 1,600 districts across the country, with more and more schools adapting to this progressive schedule. Schools in states like Colorado, Missouri, Idaho, and New Mexico are realizing the benefits of this new kind of school week. There are improvements in several different aspects of life for the students, parents, and teachers that go by the four-day school week. Every single school district in the United States should switch from the five-day school week to the four-day school week. The four-day school week is not only beneficial, it is also incredibly popular among students and parents. Both of these groups heavily favor the four-day school week over the traditional five-day week. According to Stephen Sawchuk from Education Week, parents and students, given the choice, overwhelmingly said they favored the four-day model, with 69% of the former and 85% of the latter preferring it over five-day schedules. The statistics don't lie. A majority of people obviously support the four-day week. The extra me time that everyone would get from this would help ease the stress of school and improve the student body's mental health. If the people who are supposed to benefit from the school system prefer the four-day school week, 
it seems like a no-brainer to implement it across the country. Being liked by students and parents is a great thing, but also benefiting the school system itself is another positive outcome of this progressive schedule. The school system has a lot to gain from the switch to a four-day school schedule. The teachers would be able to get extra professional development on the fifth day instead of teaching. This would positively increase the educational material that students get and improve the school system overall. The school system would also receive financial benefits from the scheduling change. Lamar University states, by altering the traditional school schedule, the idea is that districts can save money. Each school day involves expenses like utilities and water consumption, as well as meals and cafeteria expenses. Each school day involves expenses like utilities and water consumption, as well as meals and cafeteria expenses. Many school staff members earn hourly wages, so labor savings can add up on the days when they do not work. The money that is saved by having an extra day off could be used by schools to improve curriculum or renovate school buildings. The benefits that the school system gains from the schedule change outweigh any perceived downturns. Since students, parents, teachers, and the school system overall all benefit from a four-day schedule, it seems like switching to this improved schedule is a smart choice for school districts across the country. With every school district that makes this progressive schedule switch, the students of the nation come closer to having a better quality of education and life. I personally hope to see the next generation of kids in my town have the chance to experience a four-day school week. We deserve to give ourselves a break. Our sanity needs it. So, as I mentioned before, I'm very curious to hear what everybody else's opinion is on this. I don't know if every single school could be this way. I feel like, especially for the younger kids, preschool, elementary school, middle school, maybe they would still have to stick with a five-day work week because their parents more often than not have to work still a five-day work day. But honestly, for high schoolers, I can see it going either way. Um, if you have any opinions on the four-day work week, or if you have any opinions on whether or not teenagers should be starting at school later in the day or early in the morning, that whole debate, I would also be interested to hear your position. So that sort of wraps up the majority of the podcast. I did want to introduce a new section where we give you guys writing or art prompts. Um, sometimes, you know, you're stuck in a rut, you need a, an idea to spark some inspiration, to spark some writing or artistic measures, whatever you want to call it. So here is our writing prompt for this theme. Do you think that high school should start earlier or later in the day, and why? And what are your thoughts on banned books and libraries? Do they help or hinder free thought and free speech? Hmm, would love to know your opinion on that. Um, as well as anything else, I would love to hear your opinion on anything. I love opinions. Alright, so next is our art prompt. We are always looking for pictures and artwork about school the sites at a pep rally, what what you guys are eating for lunch, uh, what your hallways look like, like the hustle and bustle, um, and here's a little sneak peek. There might or might not, but there will, be uh, a photography contest coming up pretty soon about school spirit, so maybe this will jog your, get your wheels a turn in. So the prompt for our artists is this. Capture the highlight of your school day. 
or the opposite, capture uh, what you believe is probably your least favorite part of the day. So this could be like homework, maybe speaking up in French class, um, that was definitely my least favorite part, or running a mile at the gym, also my least favorite part, gotta be honest. Um, yeah, I would love to see your highs and lows in high school. Like in, uh, what's that quote from Riverdale? You haven't known the triumphs and defeats, the epic highs and lows of high school football. Well, we're not really, um, solely focused on football, so any, any highs and lows of, of your high school experience would be great on our art page. So yeah, as always, be sure to submit your work at teenink.com submit and follow us on social media. On Instagram, we are at teen.ink and on Twitter and TikTok and Facebook, if you use it, we are on uh, at teenink, just like that. All right. Well, thanks everybody for listening and I will talk to you soon. Bye.